Trigger warning. Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Brother abandoned brother. Uncle abandoned nephew. Sister left brother. And very often, wife abandoned husband. And, even worse, almost unbelievable, fathers and mothers neglected to tend and care for their children as if they were not their own. Nash? Many ended their lives in the public streets, during the day or at night, while many others who died in their homes were discovered dead by their neighbors only by the smell of their decomposing bodies. What the fuck? Nash. The city was full of corpses. Moreover, the dead were honored with no tears or candles or funeral mourners. In fact, things had reached such a point that the people who died were cared for as we care for goats today. Nash. So many corpses would arrive in front of a church every day and at every hour that the amount of holy ground for burials was certainly insufficient for the ancient custom of giving each body its individual place. Nash. When all the graves were full... Huge trenches were dug in all of the cemeteries of the churches, and into them, the new arrivals were dumped by the hundreds, and they were packed in there with dirt, one on top of the other, like a ship's cargo, until the trenches were filled. Giovanna Boccaccio, The Decameron, 1348. Jesus, Nash. I thought we were talking about peacefully dying in our sleep of old age today. Nope, this is the bubonic plague episode. God, God damn it. Play the song! everyone welcome to death and friends my name's angel this is nash hey today we are talking about the bubonic plague (laughs) cvs bangers (laughs) the bubonic plague of course one of the many plagues that have afflicted the planet this is not including the worst of them all tgi fridays correct Today's episode is brought to you by Soresto Pet Collars. Keep fleas off your cats and dogs. This is definitely a real sponsor and not a vague attempt at a red herring that reveals who the bad guy is in this episode. Talking about Soresto Pet Collars. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, how are we feeling tonight, Nash? We are feeling good. This edible is going to kick in in like an hour, though, so let's get mm, this done. Chef's kiss. Mm. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the bubonic plague. Let's do it. All right, so the year is 1347. I'm going to paint a picture here, okay? Twelve ships arrived in the docks of Sicily, fleeing a war in the Black Sea between the Mongol King Genebeg and the Genoese Italians, as one does. Right. Most of the ship's crew and passenger are dead by arrival. Rough. It's literally a ghost ship. Very spoopy. And those who aren't actually dead are covered in festering boils and are gravely ill. Now, upon the discovery of the ships, uh, they're ordered to, you know, just kind of get out of here. Go on, go on and get! Get out of here! But the damage has been done. The Black Death has arrived in Europe. And over the course of the next five years, the bubonic plague would kill 20 million Europeans. It's about a third of the living population at the time. It didn't start in Europe, and it didn't stop there either. But Europe became how we study the plague in a microcosm, in part of because of how quickly and violently it spread through the continent, just like Eurovision. Yes, exactly like Eurovision. Uh, also, real quick, as the person of melanin here, 
the other reason Europe is so heavily focused on when discussing the Black Death is probably because history just is so Western centric. Just a real, just a real hard on for white people. Just, mm, <laughs> just, mwah, just, ooh, you know. <laughs> So the plague starts in Mongolia in the 1340s, possibly spread to humans by a type of marmot. Dang marmots. Damn um, <laughs> Though there are hints across Asian first-hand documents that perhaps it was even earlier than that. The point is, odds are, the plague itself actually started in Asia in a rural area and eventually reached us through the Mongols and through trade, which is, fun fact, how most things spread. Bummer. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Because it spreads via trade and warfare, as the Mongolians ride west, and it kind of brings us to the Siege of Kaffa. Welcome to Kaffa, which is modern-day Feodosia in the Autonomous Republic of Crimea. It's controlled by the Mongols in the 13th century. They make a deal with merchants from Genoa in Italy to allow them to run the trading port city as it gave Mongols access to European markets that way. And they were pretty dope businessmen, I won't lie about that. Kaffa mm. becomes a prominent port and one of the centers of the slave trade. Not not the best look. No, not a, definitely no. not. So the Genoese are Christian, and the Mongols practice Islam, so they're Muslim. After years of tension between the two, a street brawl in a nearby town of Tana escalates to serious violence and leaves one Muslim man dead. The Genoese flee to Kaffa and sealed the walls of the city, waiting for Mongolian retribution. And boy, do they get it! Yes. Mongolians arrive under the King Genebeg and lay siege to the city. But... They also bring something else. Uh, ironically, their most powerful weapon, uh, the Black Death. Bummer. Yeah. So actually, according to one historian uh, writing at the time, once the Mongolians started getting sick, the they would fling their deceased soldiers into Italian camps in the first recorded instances of biological warfare. They're legitimately ragdoll throwing their dead comrades over the wall trying to get people sick. It's insane. That is some hardcore metal shit. Look, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. If my enemy starts throwing dead people in my way, I'm just giving up. Like, he deserves the win <laughs> just for that. It's legitimately a situation where you're just like, all right, dude, this is fucked up, but it's also cool as hell. You're, like, you win, man. It's yours. Hell yeah, <laughs> dog. You do it. <laughs> yeah, so it's been conjectured that the body throwing thing could just be a way for Christian Italians to lay blame on Muslims' door. Though the disease could have easily made it into the wall city via rats, as the most commonly known trope is that it was transferred by rats, but it's actually the fleas, because rats carry fleas, and fleas transmit the virus to people. That's still kind of metal, like using rodents to kill your enemies. He still gets the win, yeah. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Were they also throwing rats? They were like, ah, something is going to make them sick. Oh, you know that there was a Mongolian like, go, my children. And like he just went yeah. and released rats. Just like football throwing them over the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boomeranging his best friend. <laughs> football throwing rats. So after a year of war, uh, the Mongolians, they're too sick to continue the outright assault. Turns out when you're throwing dead bodies at people, you'll probably also get sick. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually they're like, you know what, guys? We're all kind of dying. Let's just... Let's kind of chill here. They, they kind of do a ceasefire. Uh, but the sickness has crippled the Kaffa. And the Genoese board their ships, fleeing for Europe. Which brings us to the arrival of one of those very ships in 1347 in Sicily. And, well, a whole lot of bad stuff happening. So what is the bubonic plague and why was it so devastating? Yes, tell us. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will. 
A few key factors led to its incredibly vicious death rate. There were clustered cities with no plumbing. Gross. There was a lack of both medicine and a general understanding of how viruses were spreading. Gross. And a global trade route were among the worst reasons. Gross. In addition to that, the virus itself was incredibly contagious. Italian author Giovanni Boccaccio in his Decameron claims that merely touching the fabric of an afflicted person would make somebody sick by nightfall. So this disease was very, very effective at killing. Oof. Stories raged about how people who went to bed healthy at night were dead in the morning. Ooh, sounds like a super fun time. Just, no. just A plus. I'll take a pass on this one. Well, you go ahead and take that pass because it's time for Medical Facts with Dr. Angel. Play the tape. Do, do, do. Song in here. Beep, boop, bap. Not an actual doctor. Medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. Angel. Anyway. The plague, known by its scientific name, Yersinus pestis, is spread both as an airborne pathogen and transmitted by bites from fleas. It's a bacteria that attacks the human lymphatic system, meaning it travels through the body very quickly and kills usually by destroying the heart and or the lungs. Mm. Symptoms, besides obvious bulbous swellings, known as bubos, usually the size of eggs. Gross. Yes, very gross. Included fevers, chills, vomiting, diarrhea, Terrible aches and pains, and a case of the mud butt. <laughs> in Boccaccio's Decameron, the Bubos was the first indicator of the disease, but most historians agree that they were one of the last, and that fever was usually the first. The worst part of the disease, of course, was the three different strains. There was a very comic bubonic, which has everything I stated before. With those lymph nodes, did you know, actually, that they would grow on the inside of your skin and the outside? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. It's very gross. <laughs> did you know there's a thing as internal bleeding? Why? I'm like, that's where blood goes. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um, there's a septicemic, which caused orifice bleeding. So you're bleeding from your eyes, mouth, nose, ears, pee-pee, your poo-poo. Butt bleeding. Yes. Everywhere. Wow. I guess they weren't doing ass stuff anyway. No, no, probably not. Or were they doing the most ass stuff? (laughs) One of the most common ways to know that you had this is gangrene. Your extremities would turn black. Delicious. Yes, of course. What's wild is like, you're like, man, that goth guy is really into it. No, he's dying. (laughs) Isn't that the most goth thing ever to be actually dying? (laughs) Actually, speaking of goth shit, that is where the term the dance macabre started. The dance of death. You would be so lethargic, bleeding from your ass, you would literally sway and wobble. And then, of course, the worst one, I believe, is the pneumonic one. All of the above. Just all of it. Mm. Especially the coughing of blood. More importantly, though, was the chest pain. You would die of respiratory failure and shock. You would literally die gasping for air. Yikes. Yeah. Worst part is, also led to the meningitis. Great. Yeah. So, just the olive on top of a shit sandwich. Perfect. Mm-hmm. In fact, for a first-person account, we're going to go to a medieval Italian writer, Tommaso del Garbo, offered this advice for people entering the homes of the infected. <clears throat> and I quote, Notaries, confessors, relations, and doctors who visit plague victims. What is this voice? Why do you sound like you're from South Carolina? <laughs> <clears throat> On entering their houses, should open the window so that the air is nude. Wash their hands with vinegar and rose water, and also their faces, especially around their mouth and nostrils. 
It is also good before entering the room to place your mouth several cloves and eat two slices of bread soaked in the best wine and then drink the rest of the wine. Then when leaving the room, you should douse yourself in your pulses with a sponge soaked in vinegar. Take care not to stay too close to the patient there. And then we all meet at TGI Fridays and throw down. Yeah! Tommy's coming though, right? Uh, no. Tommy just died. Uh, can you throw him in the pit with Jeff? Who's Jeff? Uh, he was our old sound guy. This shit is incredibly contagious. Oh, no. <laughs> shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. We're okay, though, right? We're okay. We're, okay. We're doing great. <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, that was the real medical advice at the time. Wash your hands, keep your distance, and get fucked up. Legitimately, that was the advice given to us. That sounds pretty good to me. While medieval doctors weren't really sure what was causing the virus or how to stop the spread, quarantining did become the practice and advice of some. Hmm, sounds familiar. It sure does. Actually, the term quarantine is derived from the era of the Black Plague, from the Italian word for 40, quaranta. 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 40 minutes later. Okay, all done? One more? Nah, I'm good. Ports began forcing any ships to remain docked for 40, day- for 40 days to stop the disease from getting spread via trade where it originated. So some people quarantine. Some towns also put quarantines into effect, not allowing any visitors in. This wasn't an official recommendation of either the governments or religious officials to whom most people often turn to in the 14th century. The parallels are insane. <laughs> But it did make quite a bit of sense at the time, on the face of things, quite frankly. Because people who could afford to leave the cluster cities headed to the rural countryside, where fewer people technically meant fewer infections. Fucking rich people. Yeah. The best part was they would go out to the sticks and figure out that, like, oh, right, that's where we're putting the dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no escaping the Black Death. (laughs) Gaul. Like There they like, are. Whoops. <laughs> I knew the foundation of this new home was a little shaky. And uh, <laughs> that was a dark joke. Not historically accurate. Not historically accurate. Uh, but yeah, that's it's something that definitely happened. And uh, But here's the worst part. Others who stayed in the cities interpret the plague as a hail of end times. And in response spent much of their time doing the things on Earth that they would miss. Mainly drinking and partying. We have a lot in common with our plague-burdened ancestors. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a plate of affordable appetizers <laughs> and some ice-cold beer. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> if this all doesn't sound painfully familiar, there's more. Of course there is. While the plague is spreading through Europe, social pressure is on to find an earthly blame for the suffering. Oh, God. You guessed it. Starting in 1348, all across Europe, a new plague is spreading. Anti-Semitism. Jesus Christ. No, that's the other guys. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jewish communities start to be destroyed, primarily in Germany, and massacres begin, causing Jewish families to flee to Poland and Lithuania, where safe havens existed for them. One of the worst massacres during the Black Death takes place actually on Valentine's Day. 1349 in France, 2,000 Jewish people are burned alive. 
In the spring, 3,000 more Jewish people try and defend themselves against the angry mob, but unfortunately are also murdered. So in addition to fighting an incredibly violent, contagious plague, humanity continues to be the absolute worst version of itself in the mid-1300s. The parallels are too real! (laughs) By 1350, the plague has finally made it to the British Isles, so it takes about two years. England is nearly overcome with it, and in one of the more dumb decisions any country has ever made, Scotland... Did you hear about this? Scotland? Scotland? (laughs) Scotland. Hmm who had till then not been exposed to the plague at all, which makes no sense. Right. Because they're just living free with kilts on, <laughs> I'm assuming a lot. Watching New- Shrek. Just watching a lot of Shrek. They had not been exposed to the plague. They moved to take advantage of the crippled nation, and they invade. Hmm, I wonder how that goes. It actually goes great. Oh, good. Uh, it's called Great Scotland. <laughs> And I just got my passport to go. No, they get sick at the border, and then they bring it all back home because they're idiots. Hmm, who would have guessed that that would be the consequences of those actions? Anyway, it's time for Fun Facts with Nash. Not actually fun. You guys know the song Ring Around the Rosie, right? You had a childhood? Yes, me and it's me. It's just me here. But yes, I am guys. Yes. Everybody knows the song. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes, we all fall down, that everybody yes. falls on their butt and laughs. Well, it's been pretty quoted that that song is about the Black Plague, but I'm here to tell you that, fun fact, most historians and folklorists agree that the popular singing rhyme is not, in fact, about the bubonic plague. The connected explanation didn't appear until the 20th century, and the symptoms in the song don't actually fit the disease very well. So you're telling me that the hottest bars... Mm-hmm. of the 14th century weren't technically invented until the 20th century. Correct. And is not about the plague that we're thinking it's about. What is it about? Other illnesses. Oh, okay. Just other terrible diseases that kill yeah. people. Just other ways you can die. You know the thing you want your kids to be singing while they play a fun game outside? The body's at the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, sweetie, go go play with your friends. Okay. Ooh, wow. It just doesn't it just yeah. doesn't flow that great, I think. Childhood, am I right? Right. So, Nash, I got a big old question for you. Ready? Go for it. How did the play end? By late 1350, early 1351, the virus just starts to recede. Partially, it's due to quarantines, and partially, it's just due to exposure. You either had it and you died, or you had it and you lived. Or you didn't get it at all, which was like four people. But between the death rate of the virus and the violence of anti-Semitism, Europe had lost about 50% of their original population. Oof, that is that is a rough one. That's yeah. insane. It's tough. So it just kind of goes away. Yep, just, just kind of goes away. Just recedes to the back of the hairline, much like mine. Slowly. Yes. But surely. Ready for another fun fact that isn't fun? Yes. The bubonic plague isn't actually gone. Shit. It isn't decimating populations like it was in the 14th century, but it hasn't died out completely. Oh boy, that is, it's fun. Yeah. Actually, the most recent Black Plague case was in 2020 in California, gotten from a (laughs) flea bite. More things change, more they stay the same. Just saying. For sure. Can you imagine getting sick during the coronavirus pandemic from like a different grosser plague? (laughs) <laughs> <What a> bummer. 
You're like, sir, we have bad news. Yes. You don't have the this plague. What do you mean this plague? <laughs> well. If we had a plague today that was just as deadly, it would kill more than 2 billion people in just a few years. But look, don't worry. The Black Death isn't going to kill you today. It's actually very survivable with uh, antibiotics, and mostly because we're in cities now, and plumbing exists, and we eat vegetables. Well, sometimes. Well, chicken's a vegetable. Oh, that's news. (laughs) (laughs) Big if true. And shrimp is now cinnamon toast crunch, so. What's crazy is there's a lot of parallels to the current situation we're in, and how a lot of the advice has pretty much stick. I mean, get drunk. Yeah, yeah, that's the advice. Yeah, that we got out of yeah. Totally. The CDC can't say it, but we can get drunk. It's the alcohol; it cleans your system. That's yeah. how that works, right? <laughs> well, that's the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you catch your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm it's Nash Flynn, and I am at Gorilla Jokes G U E double R I double L A Jokes. And please remember, we know that death can be kind of a heavy subject. But we're trying our best to not only educate folks, but trying to make it a lighter thing. And remember that you are loved, you matter, and if you don't want to be your own friend, we will be your friend. By force. See you next time, Skeleton Army. Love you. Love you. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio designed by Dominic Guanzon. The fuck is a knave? Remember, this is a comedy podcast, okay? Don't use it in your research papers. Uh, Dom is not coming, right? Dom is not coming, though. Bada boom. Not yet, am I right? Wink, wink. We should just have a soundboard. Talk about He's... rats, am I right? <laughs> he does have to listen to this, I guess. He does. Oh, shit, you're right. Death? With Dr. Ranger. And Pearl Jam. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> that that Creed voice? Hold me now. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking. Alrighty. I'm a little too good at that. Um, so. Death? I'm just doing this voice so I can get back in there. Alright, I'm back. This is my Tony Bennett. <laughs> Dr. Tony Bennett. <laughs> Dr. Tony Bennett. Death? Hey, if this doesn't all sound painfully familiar. Painfully? Painfully? Death? His name, they call him <laughs> Tiny Penis. Jacob Duffy Hobleibin. Cinnamon Toast Shrimp. Tiny Penis from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs>